Thank you for joining us today on the journey towards self-mastery. Our next guest has skills with her hands and her feet. She's a two-time Daily News Golden Glove champion and owner of Skate Aerobics, which combines the fun of skating into an action-packed workout and dance session. She's a retired NYC Department of Corrections captain, fitness instructor, inspirational speaker, life coach, and author of The Power of the Skate. Skate Aerobics is a global company that aims to bring the art of skating back while infusing it with fitness and dance. She's been featured on Good Morning America, The New York Times, The Daily News, Newsday, CBS News, The Washington Post, Dr. Oz, LXTV First Look at NY. Let's welcome today, Miss Tanya Dean to the program. <laughs> you did some homework. I forgot a couple <laughs> of the old things, LXTV, NY. That was someone to watch. That was Channel 4. That was a long time ago. Wow, good job. Yeah, you got, got to do the homework, man. Um, and <laughs> You've, yeah, you've, absolutely. And I always tell the journalists that when, when skating first started, got its boom during a pandemic, we call pandemic skaters. And Janae Norman and them came from Good Morning America. And they were like, we want to know, you know, there's a little bit of murmuring about skating never went anywhere. And the TikTokers <laughs> are acting like, you know, they are the ones who did it. And I said, it's up to y'all to do your homework mm. and find out what the real answer because everything is digital and if it's written it can be found absolutely so, it, I, that's one thing i say about a good journalist do your research you have most of the answers <laughs> yes ma'am and i have done my research and the answer to that is uh, skating has been huge in the black community for years for decades um you know it might be new for other people with outside of the culture but for us this, we, we've been we've been doing this, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And um, part of us doing this, too, is um, a lot of black folks saying, like, this is therapy. Like, this is helping with my mental health. It's a spiritual thing. It's not just like this kid's thing where I'm just skating. Like, you know what I mean? So um, there's a deeper meaning behind it. Um, so can you talk a little bit about, like, um, you know, the influences had on the black community um, historically and into now, like I know, like now people are dealing with the pandemic and I know you've been getting more clientele as a result of the pandemic and the mental health struggles with that. And just people wanting to do something, you know, so, so what's been Absolutely. your experience? Absolutely. And it's and just what you said, roller skating encompasses so much. It helps with mental health. It helps with physical health. It helps with spiritual health. It helps with emotional. It covers a multitude of things. So it's a hard part. It's like jambalaya. So that's why people are jumping back on the roller skating bandwagon. Roller skating was big in the 80s. Xanadu, Staying Alive, Central Park Roller Skate Dance Community. But then after the 80s, it died off because those that were 18, 19 years old, 16, 17, who grew up skating, went into the workforce. Mm. They went into um, marriage, uh, school, 
having babies. So they went into life, but there was an underground culture that never stopped. And why most people thought only the children were still roller skating because we were bringing the kids to the rink and it was just children. They didn't know that there was in a population in a subculture who never stopped. And that was us. And the reason people did not know we were still skating is because we were skating at nine at night to one in the morning. We mm. would go to different skate events in Alabama had the dog pound and um, oh, that was in January. Then in February, we would go to Icy Hot or now they have Houston Roundup in Texas. In March, we were going to um, rolling in the Carolinas, in North Carolina. In, in, in May, we were doing um, Soul Skate in Detroit. So we were traveling, but it was underground. And when we went to those skating parties, they were 11 at night, 4 in the morning, 12 at night, 5 in the morning. So we in these other states and other towns skating all night. Most people are going to bed. Like you have your baby, your home wife, mothers, kids, y'all getting ready for bed at nine o'clock. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. threw our kids in bed, did the homework, fed them, and we hitting the street. At <laughs> so the world did not know we were out there because everybody was home watching television or their little news, their series before they went to sleep. But we were skating. Hard. I was getting it in. <laughs> we were getting it in. So this year, the pandemic raised awareness to mainstream because everybody was sitting home doing nothing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So now it became nostalgic. Oh my God, I remember when I used to skate. Some people went to go get their old skates. It got so crazy that there were no skates in the United States in 2020 because wow. everybody snatched them up just like you could even. <laughs> Find a pair of skates. Now everybody's selling skates. AutoZone, uh, Family Dollar, whoever. <laughs> <can get it. laughs> Damn, they I didn't know. I didn't know it was like that. Now they like I'm selling skates. I'm making skates. You know, let <laughs> Smart want to make some skates. Anybody get their hand on. But uh, uh before the pandemic, so we we like to call them pandemic skaters now because they came out during the pandemic. And that is interesting, man. And you just touched on some of your rich history, um, starting off skating too, man. But just in general, man, like um, I know you are a Queens native, um, you know, coming up in Queens and everything. Uh, what was, you know, your childhood experience like and what kind of led to some of the, you know, interesting things that you've been a part of? As an adult, well, my childhood experience growing up, um, I'm born and raised in Queens, South Jamaica, Queens, and um, I used to dance. I, I was part of. We had community centers. They had major dance. Uh, schools, Gloria Jackson, Bernice Johnson, when we were growing up, but we didn't go there. We went to a community center with Miss Pauline Wilson. It was six children, three girls, three boys. So my mother had three children then. And so we would go to the community center every Friday night to learn African dance and mm. jazz. So growing up, that's what I did, um, dance in school, all through school. And then as we got into elementary school, then junior high and high, we danced with all our friends and we did um, a talent show. 
So from dancing in groups of people all my life, being community-based, once I started roller skating, I continued to do that. I'm like, I want to dance. Come on, y'all. Let's dance. Let's dance. Let's <laughs> Because when I maybe go back when I was growing up, I used to make up routines with my girlfriends. Um, and we used to dance at my mom's house in the basement. We used to dance in the middle of the street. We used to go to 140, 40, 48. If you're from Queens, you know those schools. We used to dance in the community centers there. And then when we went to junior high school, ISA, we used to always be in a talent show. So we were always practicing together. So to come together for community, to dance and have fun was built in me. So once I started roller skating, I took that and translated it into uh, onto the roller skates. That's dope, man. And do you remember like your first pair of skates and that experience? Like, did you have that experience like everybody else with the knees buckling (laughs) and wobbling and like? (laughs) First pair of skates was probably some model skates or something. I had big pink wheels that looked like 18 wheel. It was pink and white. And I thought I was doing something. The skates was wide. And <laughs> I, um, the wheels were wider than the skates. And I was out there trying to skate, falling all over the place. A hot mess, but I was still having fun. was excited to be there. Then one of the well-known skater slash skate shop slash he always worked on our skates his name was poppy mike we used to call him puerto rican mike or poppy and he worked in the skate shop in empire roller rink and he was like girl you gotta get you some skates so he got me my first pair of rydell roller skates 297 boot and some orange um rental wheels because a lot of people like the wheels on rental skates because Mm -hmm. rental skates are built to last because so many people wear them Mm -hmm. so he took a pair of the the wheels off the rentals put them on my 297 boot i got a snyder dance plate because i was always dancing so he was like get a dance plate because you dance all the time so i had the the snyder dance plate and from there just took off everybody thought this the boots made my skating but it wasn't that it was i just wanted to skate so bad i bought (laughs) me a new pair of skates and it, it was history after that dope dope and like, did you play sports? I feel like you have an like athletic type of mindset and energy. Like, did you play sports as well as I like played this? everything except basketball? I never won, but um, I ran track. I, knew I used it. to play handball. <laughs> uh, we was playing handball all day, every day, all night. So pretty athletic, always in the gym, teaching roller skating, teaching aerobics. So I've always been into sports and health and fitness. Or because I started dancing at seven. Mm. So that translated into my life for as far as fitness was concerned. Um, and I've always been athletic all my life. Absolutely. Got you. So how do you go from the dance now into the corrections? Was the corrections like after high school? Like when did that start? was after high school. Um, we was in high school. We used to do all the talent shows in high school. All the people from the hood used to come from Brooklyn, the Bronx, because I went to August Martin High School. So going to August Martin, they busting people from uh, pink houses. They busting people from um, projects, 40 projects. Everybody from everywhere used to come to August Martin. And then we used to do talent shows. And we were really good. I'm not saying we were really good. That's before videos and 
stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, we were really good in the guys in the neighborhood and the hoods and the face to come to our talent show. And we used to kill it. We used to kill it there. We used to just <laughs> kill it. So um, from there, uh, we started taking tests. All right. We got out of high school. So I went to college. I went to Lehman College and uh, I started taking tests. It was like take city tests, take mm-hmm. city tests. And PD, corrections, sanitation, court officer. So corrections called me. I, I didn't know what corrections was. I never heard about the jails or, you know, uh, uh, anything like that. So I took it and passed the test. And then they called me. And then I was on that crazy job. <laughs> We're talking Rikers Island, right? Was that your original? We're talking Rikers Island. Man, yes. yo, they put you in, they put you with the walls right away. They put me with the wolves. They put me, <laughs> if anybody, any officers out there who worked on Rikers Island, AMKC, Anna M. Cross Center, mm-hmm. which is C95. All right. And I, they put me in C95. C95 had like 1,100 officers. It had every type of inmate, MOs, mental observation. They, at the end, they don't call them this now, but it was like MOs, homos, GP, ad seg. That was just the name for them. Of course, that's not politically correct now, but it used mm-hmm. to be admin seg, punitive seg. Um, now it would be LBTG community. All right. Um, so we had every type of inmate state ready sentence so when you say put me with the wolves put me with the wolves (laughs) man um then Rikers Island shutting down man so you already know like the history there they were shutting down when we came on the job I want to see if this really gonna work because shutting down to do what they don't want jails in the the different boroughs and then what are you going to do with the people that really commit crimes that need to be locked away or they'll be hitting me and you upside the head sticking us up shooting <laughs> us what are you gonna do with them all right do and i understand that there's two sides of the story there's people that's in jail for minor offenses mm-hmm. that can't get out of jail who are being abused that's one thing but what about those real criminals who sticking their mothers up when they come home mm. well, where they go what are you gonna do with that how are you gonna reform that Great question, man. Great question. I guess time will tell. Huh? <laughs> like, what's going to happen? I'm glad I'm not dead. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> man, so I could imagine just surviving in an environment like that. You being just a young lady coming up and being in that setting, like you pretty much needed an outlet. I remember um, listening to one of your interviews. You said, like, um, you got kind of, you know, put onto boxing because you needed that emotional release from. You know, yeah. <laughs> Being in right. I was life. always a fighter anyway. I grew up fighting. I was just wild when I was growing up anyway. Mm. So when I went into corrections, it was just like, okay. <laughs> they was like they made corrections for you. Most people go into corrections soft, come out hard. I went into corrections hard. I came out a little bit soft. I was a little bit more sympathetic and empathetic because I was rough growing up. But I like being rough, so I went. Into, I hated the job, but I handled the job. Hmm. Interesting. I've spoken to some co- correction officers before, and. Um, there's always like an inmate that that really sticks out to them or somebody that really makes them think differently or changes their life or their thought pattern. Like, did you have an inmate like that that did that for you? 
No, not no? A, a particular inmate that changed my life or thought pattern. But what did change my life or thought pattern? First, it made me more spiritually connected because when I went into the jails, I really wasn't spiritually connected, wasn't religious or anything. But to deal with that type of negative energy forced me to seek something outside of myself to help me balance because I came from happiness and in the street. I was rough, but um, we played. Mm -hmm. Uh, I come from that era where we played and we was outside and double dutch and hopscotch and scully and, you know, dancing with my friends. So coming from that type of childhood innocence, not being exposed. It was six of us. We grew up in a residential neighborhood. So we were only exposed to the neighborhood and the block. And my mother didn't really let us venture out anywhere or do anything. So we were was relatively um, connected um, and protected in mm-hmm. our own little cocoon. So to come out of being raised in that, to going into jail where there was inmates and men, 18 to 80, it changed my perspective as I had to do my job because that's what they hired me for and whatever they did to get there, they had to deal with. Mm -hmm. But I did not like the system. What touched me was to see so many black and brown people Mm -hmm. in prison. That bothered me to know and that that affected me especially when we were in like the receiving room and you could see hundreds of men together like cattle reminded me like of the slave ships that I saw on TV that so that affected me Mm -hmm. um seeing that our people and knowing that it, it could be my brother my uncle my dad you know me God forbid in prison for that, 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 that affected me mentally Mm. and emotionally. So, um, boxing kind of became that emotional outlet for you. So, um, how'd you get into it? Because the flip side, I had to deal with people. And when you're dealing with people, even your colleagues, the officers, supervisors, chiefs, they're crazy. They're people Mm. who got a job. And you had the, of course, you had the good captains and the good officers, even the inmate. You had good inmates. If people don't want to hear that, they still people too. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. you had the rogue, the horrific bosses, inmates, chiefs that you wanted to kill your damn self. So no. um, to have to have some type of outlet so you didn't turn inside and become one of them. I went to box because I'm very high, strong, very energetic, was always physically fit. So to be locked into an environment where I couldn't express any of myself, boxing allowed me to exert the energy that I needed. So I didn't come to work and kill nobody. (laughs) I got you. But how did, how did, how did just boxing just for fun and to release that, uh, release that stress? How did that lead to two golden gloves though? Oh, because when I started boxing, I just went in for fun. Mm-hmm. I started, I went into just, to, uh, just like people go to the gym. You know, you just go to the gym to work out, treadmill, lift weights, whatever your reason for going into the gym. And the gentleman that I was talking to at the time, he was very close friends to Zab D.L. Judas 
father, your mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, Zab. So um, he, I was just going in there. He was working with Zab and him. He was working with his dad, Noel, and Yoel. And um, I was just going to work out. But then the Daily News came up with women. That was the first year the Daily News came up with women to box. And it was like, well, you here already. Why won't you, you know, get in? And I was like, okay. And that's how it started. So, um, we started training with who was George Washington at the time. He's, he, he passed, but anybody who, and I started training at the Bedside gym in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. right on Gates and Marcus Garvey at the time. I don't know. There might've been some before Gates, but right. It was Gates and Marcus Garvey. So I started tra- training in that gym with George Washington. And all he used to say is two to the head, two, two to the body, one to the head. That's <laughs> it. You get them. Two to the body, one to get the body, and the head's gonna drop. So <laughs> that was always it. You have, you got a good jab. Once you got a good jab, you know, keep them off of you and just tap the body, and that's it. So, so, so right, you did so that, that and-, fight. and I used to I, would, I used to fight. I was crazy growing up anyway. So being able to fight for real, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, But I remember in an interview, you mentioned that I guess you were becoming more aware of something like the the, the long term impacts of something like uh, boxing with blows to the head and what that would be like. And And I went in there for fun. Mm -hmm. So but then that's when I started seeing Muhammad Ali started shaking. Mm. Um, uh, Holyfield was slurring a little bit. And Mm. I was like, wait, 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 wait. I don't know what the long-term impact is going to be. It wasn't normal to get hit upside the head. So my objective was not to get hit upside the head, you know? So, <laughs> um, but of course you would, if you were in the rink for three rounds, you know, Golden Gloves, amateur boxing. Mm-hmm. So we in the rink, three rounds, people punching on you, I'm sure. And then I'm a female. He just came in there. I didn't know we had protective breast protectors, but impact is still impact. Right. And I didn't know what the long-term ramifications were. So I got out. I was like, and that's when Layla Ali was coming up and they were like, we can get you a fight with Layla. Ooh. But I was also on Rikers. And then I got promoted to captain. And one thing about boxing, you have to eat right, sleep right, be mentally, physically, spiritually stable, one wrong move. And you, I couldn't do that being stuck on the job for two tours, three days a week, rotate on the schedule so mm-hmm. i was like no nah, i'm not even going to try to even go for that because my job was more important obviously got it got it you went the smart route man got it um all right so so you give up the boxing um at what point did so from from giving up the boxing did you go like just back to skating from there like from skating yeah, when you so younger after and all giving that? up the boxing i needed something else to do i think i was hyper Probably ADHD never was diagnosed, but who cares? I had a whole lot of energy and I loved it. <laughs> so I needed to do something with it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was like, okay, not boxing. One night on a midnight tour, I got up and went to the rink. And uh, I was like, I'm going to go skating. But then I used to dance. I was dancing in the church. I was doing liturgical dance at Greater Allen Cathedral on Merrick. It was Allen AME at the time. Mm 
and I was doing liturgical dance Sunday. So I was training on Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays. And then we used to minister for three services on Sunday, six, eight, and 11. But mm-hmm. I used to go skating on Saturday night from 11 to 4, run home, take a shower, go to the church, and then minister 6, 8, 11, and then go home and pass out. So anything to keep me busy. So I was skating and dancing and ministering, but I stopped the boxing because, again, like I said, I couldn't commit. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what the ramifications were going to be. Right. So I just left it. So... So through your journey, man, like when did it hit that? When did like skate aerobics just start popping? Like when did it hit that? Yo, I could really, you know, formulate this into a business. I could really make some money off of this, or, um, or I could really use my passion skating to to impact more people. Or um, what was your thought process in which you know skate aerobics came into your mind and it started developing into you know something long term? Well, like back in '96. 97 when I was skating like I've always was into physical fitness and then I used to dance with the ladies and always dancing with the ladies even on the job all right let's go back Mm -hmm. I was a physical trainer PT instructor Mm -hmm. I was a, a security skills instructor I was a use of force instructor Mm. and then I was working with emergency service unit on the side so we used to have the troops you know we had to train them in chemical agents so dealing with groups of people when I got into the the roller skating I like dealing with groups but they always used to call me the drill sergeant in the correction academy mm-hmm. because I used to train the recruits. So if they did 50 push-ups, I did it with them. If I had four classes a day, I'm doing 50 classes and 50 push-ups with every class. So to motivate them to work for one, because I'm doing it throughout the day, you're only doing it for one, you know, mm-hmm. um, a group. I can't remember what we used to call them at the time, platoon or whatever. So, uh, I used to do that with them. Then I used to run them around the graveyard, around the Correction Academy and all that kind of stuff. So it just transferred into the roller rink. And then they started calling me the drill sergeant because we used to do dances and I used to work them. It felt like a workout. So when it felt like a workout and me always working out, always dancing, PT instructor, it just made sense to, I was like, skate aerobics, let me do that, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, and then I, I, I kind of trademarked and left it on the shelf, mm. you know, um, I, I just, I like the name. So I trademarked the name and I just left it, kept going to Rikers Island, was still on the job, um, skating all the time. And I just left it on the back burner. Mm-hmm. And, um, but before skate aerobics, I had a roller skating dance troupe called Sisters in Motion. And of course, that tied back into me dancing growing up as a kid. This was Having black my women? friends, we were always dancing in talent shows. Mm-hmm. So, this was, like, so this was black then, women you were working with? Oh, yeah. Well, okay. No, they were black, white. First, we did Sisters in Motion. Then we expand to Circle of Sisters, where we were, we had people from other states, even Amsterdam, Holland, joined mm-hmm. us. So um, I was working with them, and we used to travel around in different states, get dressed up, 
and out it was and go to the skate parties and skate but it was like performances because everybody would stop to watch us skate mm. and mm-hmm. dance together so for me it was like talent shows performing all over again i was like okay what i'm <laughs> used to doing got you got you so when when did you go back and, and pick skate aerobics back off back off the show i went back and picked up so i had sisters in motion from 2007 then we broke up in 2014 seven years okay seven years so when we broke up in October 2014 I picked up skate aerobics in January 2015 Mm. was was there a process of it for you or were you just like yo I'm just gonna go with the flow I love skating I love aerobics I love dancing let's skate aerobics go with the flow and then you learn everything like on the go or was it like this like thought methodical process for you no it wasn't methodical it was it's it's like an oxymoron it was methodical but it wasn't because it's something that I knew I wanted to do Mm -hmm. and things worked out methodically but it wasn't planned that way because it was going with the flow this came up then that came up then I ran with this then I Mm -hmm. had the shirt then the spot opened up so I didn't, I didn't do it how I guess the pundits would do it Mm -hmm. or the way Shark Tank and them would say you would do it. I kind of, how do you say you grow through what you go through? So that's how growing even with going through and growing through at the same time. It wasn't no A, B, C, D, let me do this, get a business plan, get my finances together, then walk, walk, walk this through. It was like, oh my God, I got a business. Oh no, we got girls. Somebody called me. It was like, could y'all come over here? Yeah, we'll run over there and perform. All right, y'all, we got to get some shirts. Then we got shirts. And then somebody said, well, can y'all do this? And then it was like, okay, let's go over here and do that. And then y'all doing that and y'all doing this here. But can you come here? And I'm like, okay, yeah, let's go here. And then I'm up at night figuring out how to do this and do that and go this way and go that way and what else it's the same thing I'm doing right now like, <laughs> but what ha- it was a passion project because mm-hmm. it started out of skate we was going to skate to in New York we were going to skate key at the time mm-hmm. skate key on um 138th not skate key and Allenton Avenue that was the old skate key right. then we were at Empire skate key closed March of 2007 Empire closed uh, April of 2000. So within a month, both our major roller rinks, the last rinks in New York City closed within Mm. a month of each other. So we really had nowhere to go. And so we started going over to New Jersey because they had a roller rink. So the real diehard skaters started going to New Jersey because they had a first Thursday. And we started going there and then we started traveling every Thursday, every Sunday to New Jersey from like 2004. No, from 2007, I stopped going. When I started skate aerobics, I came back home to New York because we had, um, uh, they opened up hot skates, roller rink. Mm -hmm. It was always open, Mm -hmm. 
but we never went. Hot skates leaned more to their neighborhood. It was more of a white rink. We weren't allowed to do certain things. We couldn't skate backwards. We couldn't hmm. do part. It was it was so many rules to what they had going on that it didn't appeal to us. Hmm. All right, and then the music. Uh, and all of that didn't appeal to our culture and our way of skating. But then one of the local um, DJs who's very well known, um, Robert Big Bob, called him Big Bob Clayton. He was a DJ. He came over to Hot Skates. And once he came over to Hot Skates, the doors flooded. All the blasts came over there. And then we were jumping yeah. until they closed their doors, I think in 2018. Wow. So um, skate aerobics is blowing up for you and you like, you know, you guys are all over the place. Um, I know you guys were going to schools too to do like programs at schools. Like what was that experience like and how did like, you know, black kids respond to to you guys coming through with the skates? I well, I did. Um, I went to one of the schools. Well, it came to me. It was New Design Middle School um, in Harlem, 133rd and 12th. And they asked me to do a roller skating program. They were like, our attention, our attendance is not really good. They may have had like a 30, 40% attendance um, retention uh, graduation. And they were, uh, they asked me, could we bring roller skating in? Because people wanted to bring quilting in and all this kind of stuff that the kids really, you know, <laughs> adults wanted it more than the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's nothing wrong with quilting. I just, you know, I don't know. It didn't Man, I'm, to me. I'm but rather scared. <laughs> a lot of people do quilting, so no disrespect to quilting. Uh -huh. But I like physical fitness. Yeah, most kids so, rather do something active, definitely. Right. So I brought the roller skating over there for um, a year, and the kids responded really well to it. And then the principal, I think, left. And it was so much work, hauling skates, going there after work, two hours getting there, two hours getting back. So it was really kind of a challenge. And then it switched over, new principal, new program. And by then, I started teaching in the parks department. Mm. And I was teaching classes at Sunset Park Recreation Center, Brownsville Recreation Center, BRC, St. John's Recreation. So I was fully loaded uh, teaching classes in hot skates, teaching classes in the rec centers, doing a lot of free community events for the kids out in the parks and stuff. So I was kind of really loaded. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. So let's just say I'm one of these kids like learning to skate for the first time, which might be me because, you know, I'm terrible with the skates. But um, and I'm coming through to one of Tanya's classes uh, and, you know, I throw on my first off, like um, what what is a pair of good skates? Like, what does that even look like? And then, um, you know, once I throw on the skates, like how do I survive this session without falling on my face 50 times? Like, <laughs> how do I do that? My, well, we, I, me, with my teaching background, with my understanding of, um, of, um, what people, what people's fears are, allow me to meet the individual where they're at mm -hmm. and to train them and everybody's different. 
So someone like you, you said that you are afraid to fall. Everybody's afraid of falling. Man, so, I, I used to go, I used to skate in middle school. We used to go to, um, I forgot the name of the place, but it was like music and skating. And we used to go and my whole memories is like falling. <laughs> That's like, more, <laughs> I, I fell more than I was skating. <laughs> So that was a good memory. That was like almost <laughs> traumatic experience. It was still fun though. You know, it was still fun. Like I still had a good time, but it was just like, you Yeah, because as a kid, yeah. falling is fun. It's like, ah, I'm yeah. watching they falling all over the place, bouncing back up. But as an adult, we fall. They got to call an ambulance. Yeah. You got dirty. <laughs> you laid out, embarrassed, humiliation. You yeah. look around thinking people looking at you. And all they want you to do is get up so they could continue skating. Um <laughs> You know, you got call out sick. You got a lot of your boys telling me you fell at work. Uh, you're you right. Know. It hits different when you fall as, a, <laughs> as an adult. Like. It hit different as an adult. So yeah, that's man. why we try to do minimal math. Once you become a skater, you know you're going to fall. You don't want to. It comes with the territory. But teaching, protective gear, methodology, how you learn is what we do. So we limit minimize your falling. If you're doing what we asked you to do, you are not going to fall. We're not going to allow you to fall. But you know that it could be, but it wouldn't be what it was when you were growing up just falling over the place. No, we're not having it. You're not having it. Um, we don't want you to hurt yourself. You don't want to hurt yourself. So that's why we tell people to get, take classes. When you're a kid, you're self-taught. When you're adult, you want understanding so you can protect yourself. And so you don't have those experiences. Got it. Got it. And then do any skates, you know, whatever skates I can get, that's okay. Or is there like specific things I should be looking for for my skates? Well, it depends on because there's different types of skating. You got derby skating, you got artistic skating, you got roller skating, jam skating. So each discipline may require like derby skating. They they don't have high ankle boots. They got bigger wheels, sharp stop turns. Roller skating, we our boots are the, the heels are higher to protect our ankles for the type of skating that we do. Then, if you are outdoor skater, you want outdoor wear. The boots can be the same, mm -hmm. but then the wheels may you may want a softer wheel, harder wheel, and you won't know that it, it's almost like trial and error. You would, I, um, I work with five stride skate shop and they sponsor, uh, skate aerobics. So I send everybody to them. They're in Brooklyn on a uh, metropolitan in Bushwick mm -hmm. and, um, they guide you for what you tell them you want to do. But when they know you come into skate aerobics, they'll be like, get a boot, 120, 220, 297. Get some of these all-American wheels. Get a nice little dance play because Tanya's going to work y'all out to death. <laughs> Those are facts, <laughs> man. I, I, went, I, went, I went to your class. Um, uh, we did go to your class to check out one of the sessions, man. And um, one of your instructors like, all right, guys, everybody five minutes. And you stood up like, yo, nah, I know y'all don't get no. I was like, Damn. that was Daryl. Daryl was like, take a break. I was bored of a break on the hour class. We don't take no breaks. You all better get up and start practicing. <laughs> or stay starting to let break for what? You ain't do nothing. Get up. Repetition. Learn. Work. You know, we want results. We want to see that you know what you know and that you can articulate 
through mm-hmm. your skating as well as verbalize mm-hmm. what you're doing. That's work. Mm. Yeah, man. Um, and it was a pleasure to see that class too. It was like watching mastery at work, man. Um, it was, a, you know, you had your beginners, which would have been me, um, the intermediate and then the advanced. And, you know, you was going all around, like all around town and talking to everybody and, you know, teaching them um, along with your instructors, which were great. And one of the instructors, I'm like, yo, you, you've been doing this for a while, right? Like you, you a dancer, like or something. He's like, nah, I just started, you know, with, with Tanya, like, and Darryl. stepped up from me. I'm like, yo, that's crazy. <laughs> like, and he he looks so smooth. Wow. Yeah. Wow. He's an amazing skater now. He's an amazing skater. He started up on this um, skater aerobics and instantly he picked up the dance then, listened to what our technique, how we do things. And now he's one of my instructors for my advance. That's amazing. Do you get a lot of people like that that just come through, like knees buckling and yeah, like uh... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Most people that's coming to the class are knees buckling and because a lot of the older skaters don't want to look like they don't know what they're doing Mm. so the advanced so-called advanced skaters won't come to a class as prevalent as a beginner people start coming back or Mm. first timers because Mm -hmm. they're older they want instruction and the advanced skater feels we know you know we don't want nobody can't nobody teach us nothing which is the furthest thing from the truth. I'm an instructor and I'm always learning. Mm-hmm. Now, what, what does like mastery look like to you where you're, you're in that space where you can get in your zone, do all the type of movement patterns you want and get, get in your dance flow. Like um, how long does that take from the beginning part of skating into like where you get to that level? And then what does it look like, like for you? I say you never arrive in skating because mm. there's so much to learn, so much to do. Mastery is you what you're comfortable at, at what level you're comfortable at and what you as an individual want to do. I say that everybody's the captain of their own ship. So mastery for some is dancing in the middle. Mastery for others is knowing how to skate around the outside. Mastery for others is footwork in the middle, but everybody if they, and, and there's no time because if you want to learn how to skate, you'll be learning forever. Mm-hmm. It once you stop learning, you stop growing. And so you're just doing, you just regurgitating what you've been doing. Right. But when you're learning, you never arrive because there's something else to do. Some epiphany skating is an epiphany we could say bend your knees bend your knees bend your knees if you think you're bending your knees bend some more if you do any i'm bending my knees i'm bending my knees and then five years later you'll be like i really wasn't bending my knees okay (laughs) you know it just hits you um so mastery looks to me like balance and control and people look good and doing what what they like to do Mm. and look good doing it so i don't particularly now that we were doing championships or competition mastery would look different because we would have so many like artistic skating or roller skating in the, the olympics right is but mastery for me in the roller rink is you being happy mm. doing what you do 
Hmm. best that makes you feel good that's mastery so once you feel good and comfortable in your skin and you learn some moves and you go out there confidently on that's mastery for me that's just my definition got it got it and i know like uh you know from your book the power of the skate uh you use skate as an acronym like to teach about life so uh what does skate mean like for you and then how in what ways is skating about life I use the power of the skate because the same characteristics, the same methodology that you need to become a good skater is the same methodology you could be, you can use to become successful in anything. Mm. And I broke down skate, S-K-A-T-E, and skate, self-confidence. In the rink, remember when you just, just like you said, you'll be falling all over the place. You got to put your skates on. Mm -hmm. You got to go from self-doubt. Oh my God, I cannot do this. I'm going to be falling all over the place to putting your skates on, trusting us to stand up and then trusting yourself to do or make an attempt to do it. Right. So um, you just had to go from self-doubt. I don't think so. In real life, if you wanted to start this podcast, you got to have a lot of doubt. Mm -hmm. And it's not until you be like, mm, let me try to, I'm going to try to do a podcast. Let me look around, see who's doing a podcast. I'm kind of scared, but I'm going to try my first thing. So you built up your confidence. So that as you went from self-doubt to self-confidence, that's the S. For us, it's putting those skates on, standing up, and then trusting us to walk around the ring. Mm -hmm. So you need confidence to attempt your dream, vision, or goal. Mm -hmm. Then the K is you got to keep going. In the rink, you put your skates on, you jumped up, and then it's like, what was I thinking? I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> but there's something in you that says you got to keep going. You know, put the skates on. So now try to get from the beginning where you started at least around the rink, the room, the floor, the circle. So that means you got to keep going because there's going to be things in your mind to be like, I don't know, I could fall. I'm going to lose my job. You mm -hmm. know, I'm gonna say my girlfriend or wife going to be like, what you doing over them skates? You too old. You know, so all of that talking in your head and that you have to push past that. And if you were doing the podcast, I'm going to keep using you. So we're going to go back and forth. He was like, okay, I started the car podcast. Oh God, but there's millions of podcasters and they got millions of followers. And here I am. Should I keep going? I don't know if I could do it. And something in you be like, well, let me keep going. I'm going to try this one. I'm going to do this one. And then your friends be like, podcast. <laughs> so now you got doubt. You got discouragement. So you got to keep going with the voices in your head and the voices outside trying to get in your head. So that's the K. Mm. A, now you got to have an attitude, good attitude, because to be successful in anything, you have to have a good attitude. You have to have good energy because you want to draw people to you who's going to assist you and you're going to draw people to you who you're going to help. Right. Mm -hmm, but if you mm -hmm. had a bad attitude and you horrible and you gossiping and you talk about people, that energy, because everything is energy, frequency mm. and vibration, you're going to attract who you are. So 
you got to have a good attitude and the Mm -hmm. attitude of gratitude being thankful. So that's the A in skate. We did self-confidence, keep going, attitude of gratitude, right? Mm -hmm. That attitude, that energy is everything. Then T. And T works two ways. You got to think. You start in the podcast. Now you got to think about what you want to do. You got to think about what you're going to say. And thinking is... Is it, I tell people, a lot of people don't think hmm. because thinking creates something new. Most people regurgitate old thoughts over and over and over. And they think what they thought and they think what they thought wow. and they think, but they're not creating new thoughts. Hmm. They're just going on. So now you got to think, what am I going to do with the skating? How am I going to skate? Um, What should I be doing? And the T stands for take your time. Because when people start a vision, a dream, and a goal, they, so we tell you to skate. Let me go back to think. We tell you to think, but we don't tell you what to think. Schools teach you to think how they think. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. We want Mm -hmm. you to think for yourself, to create. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Powerful. So when you start in your podcast, your vision, your dream, think about Mm. what you want to bring to the people and not what other people are telling you to do. Okay. And you want to have, you want to listen to voices and viewpoints, but at the end of the day, you're going to create authentically you and only you know who that is. Yeah. Powerful. And if you think it's somebody else out there thinks it too, but also take your time because learning something new, everybody want to arrive. We had a microwave um, society. Everybody wanted now. Everybody want to be millionaires. Everybody want to be Kim Kardashian today. There are 300 million followers. Everybody wants to be Jay-Z, you know, not knowing that there's work, there's discipline. You have to be focused. You understand? Mm-hmm. You got to take your time researching, developing, and learning what it is that you want to do for your vision. And mm. in, in skating into incorporated into the rink, you got to take your time when you're learning a new move. You got to take your time when you're walking around the rink and going from stepping from side to side to stroking and placing and gliding. A lot of people want to just do big, big, fancy moves without taking their time, understanding what it is they're doing, mm-hmm. how they're doing it, and how it correlates with what's going on. And then the E is educate. Mm-hmm. In skating, you got to educate yourself, see what other people are doing, watching other videos, going into the rink, doing your own homework, practicing out on the tennis courts like we did when we were in COVID, the global uh, pandemic brought out global skaters because we went outside. We had to adjust and adapt. So we went outside and um, we, we, we still skated on a tennis court. Nobody was skating on a tennis court. Wow. But we ain't had nowhere to go. So we started skating on a tennis court. And somebody texted me something. I have no idea who that is. We started <laughs> um, skating on a tennis court. Then the whole world started skating on a tennis court. Fascinating. And, um, man. So then we started educating people that, yes, you can skate again. And people started coming back out. So self-confidence, keep going. Attitude of gratitude. Think or take your time. Think and take your time. And mm-hmm. education starts long after school stop. Mm. 
life is your classroom. Powerful, man. I might, I might steal that for the classroom, man. <laughs> <laughs> you understand? Like, is it true? Just put the book up, Power of the Skating. Yes. Hey. Yes. Yes. Is that true? Does that tra- does that resonate with you? Absolutely. Some of the things that you just mentioned, I'm like, oh yeah, I did go through that. <laughs> you know, that so it's- but don't we do that? We go through all of those things when we want to start something new. If mm-hmm. we're thinking about opening up a barbershop, a nail salon, doing right now in this world that we live in, working for some people might be the thing of the past. But and it's funny because my son, who graduated from Boston University, when he first went to Boston University, I said, the world is not going to be the same as it was for us. Mm. Get a job, get benefits, uh, you, ha- you know, um, have a pension. Retire, said, yep. You have to create. The world gave us fish. You're going to have to learn to fish. Mm. So many so gems. So now mm-hmm. these kids are going to have to learn to fish. And that means use your gifts and talents that a job is hiring you for. Because if somebody's hiring you to do something for their dream, use it for you. Right. That makes sense. If that's what you want to do. Because a lot of people, you have people that don't want to. I have friends that are really gifted in areas and they be like, I ain't, I ain't doing none of this at home. I'm, you know, so everybody's passion and hobby isn't their business. Mm-hmm. But in this world, you need, I say all that to say, you want, you may want to have something of your own Got to it. get the fulfillment. And, 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 and nothing is black and white is gray. And I'm right in the gray area. If, you know, if it resonates with folks, fine. If it doesn't, just throw it out. It's not that deep. That makes sense, man. Life, life, life. Um, I know we are short on time. Do we have time for a quick uh, game before we go? Like a quick. Uh... Good. All right. Um, before we wrap it up. So this is called What's Your Favorite? Identifying some of your favorite things. Um, you could elaborate or you could be real brief. It's up to you. Um, so uh, what is your favorite stress relieving activity other than skating? <laughs> <laughs> Um, my other, maybe hanging out with my girlfriends going to eat, Love to go, we like going to eat, just being in a peaceful, my favorite environment, being in a peaceful environment with a few of my girlfriends who like me just peaceful. We just eat and laugh and drink and mm-hmm. that's a good stress for me because I don't have a lot of time to do that. So when we able to come together over food, go out to a restaurant and just eat, that's that's other than skating. But normally skating trumps everything. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Um, what's your favorite move to do with the skates when you got the skates on? What's your go-to? Spinning, <laughs> twirling feeling free spinning 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 if i could just spin and turn and turn and spin and turn and spin and turn all right favorite song to skate to love is the message the house version Mm. okay okay um your favorite type of class to teach beginners intermediate or the advanced all because i like um i like to see people achieving so regardless of what class that is, if you're getting results, that's what I like. So favorite, favorite. I like beginners because I like to see them start from scratch. Mm. 
but I also like to see that's how I have no family. They all tie for first. <laughs> I'm a teacher. So a teacher, the, the, the favorite of teaching is to see people happy, mm. accomplished and reaching their goals. And that happens in all the classes. Indeed. Indeed, man. Um, and I know like uh, you guys have had so much opportunities from COVID and just Good Morning America, all the news you've been a, a part of, Dr. Oz, like what's been your favorite experience, um, you know, that Skid Aerobics has brought to you? As far as the media? Uh, media or just in general, like just, you know. Just being around good people, good energy, good vibes, being able to open the door to people who want to have fun, who want to feel good. It doesn't matter race, creed. Just I say there's two types of people, good people and bad people. And we attract good people and good vibes. And I like to be in that energy. Mm. Got you. And, you know, we got to end off with uh, your favorite part of being a mother. Being able to guide another human being to be their best self. Mm. To allow my child to grow up into a wonderful human being. That was the greatest part. Guiding, directing, but allowing them to be themselves. Because a lot, you know, I look at, even in skating, a lot of parents, now I want to say a lot of parents, I want to say some people, when they have children, they want their children to be them. Mm. Instead of looking and learning your child and teaching them to be them because Mm. because they came through you but they are their own creation and they're going to have their own gifts and talents and journeys and you want to guide them to be their best self and that's hard for parents because parents want their kids to be them they want to live vicariously through their kids they feel that their way is the best way and um I don't I'm not arguing parents be you but how I taught my child was I learned who he was what he liked and I focused on that area to develop that understanding that he was half of me half his dad a whole him, and then the DNA of his ancestors. Mm. That's so powerful, man. (laughs) (laughs) So at the end of the day, for me, as a mother, I watched him. He liked writing. I pushed him toward that. He was a critical thinking, giving things to think about. Because see, parents, I understand that I may be an analytical thinker, but my child is a doer. Mm-hmm. or my child I may be a hearer so you got to say stuff to me over and over and over for me to get it but you may have to show him and he has to do it over and over so me being a hearer is not identified with him being a doer now I'm frustrated with him now I'm stamp out his gifts and abilities because he's not doing it my way because I don't understand his way and now when he don't do nothing you're looking at him like you ain't doing nothing mm-hmm. well just like a kid 
they writing all over your walls. You stressed. Right. Nobody right. wants their kids writing the wall, but you could be stomping out the next Leonardo da Vinci or something. You understand? Yes, ma'am, man. You need to teach like a parenting class, man. <laughs> that was good stuff. I know because everybody different because everybody think their way is the right way. You got some parents thinking smoking weed with their kids is right. Oof. So they're gonna fight me. Man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I can't no, no, can't do that. Because yeah, man. We, it, 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 we will all have to go back to school. To, and again, I said, my way ain't, may not be the way I had to do the best way for me, for my children and my child. And a lot of people, sometimes the best way is how they think and whatever mm-hmm. goals they want. So that's why you got a lot of fighting within families because everybody want to be right. Father want to be right. The mother want to be right. And you got to do what's best for the child so they yeah. can be emotionally stable. Yeah. And sometimes that means taking you out of you, out of it. Agreed. I did, man, that, that makes a ton of sense, man. Like, and I think that a lot of us as parents, like we do want our kids to be us and to have the, our skills and go through what we went through. And, you know, it wasn't like that when I grew up and then, you know, this is what I did kind of thing. And we missed the point that your child is an individual. So thank you for bringing that, you know, to us. Because- you want core values. Everybody want core values. You want them to understand love. You mm-hmm. want them to understand trust. You want them to understand respect. Uh, those values, education, you want basic values should be for every child. And then you hone in on their gift. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. All right, Does that make back, sense? It makes a ton of sense, man. I'm, I'm going to rewind this just to get my parenting <laughs> class up. <laughs> but um, going back to skate aerobics, man, like uh, just legacy wise, man, I feel like what you're doing is so unique and um, I would love for it to last and for it to be another staple in our communities, man. But um, looking into like your legacy 50 years from now, 60 years from now, uh, far away into the future, like what do you want Skate Aerobics to be? And um, what do you want the name Tanya Dean to represent for people that hear it? Um, I would want Skate Aerobics to outlive me. I would want it to be an edifice and a foundation of peace, joy, love, and happiness serving the community through fun unity in the community fun has no color you understand uh, we don't get into religion or politics because everybody that's into that is ah! so we want a safe place for people to come and skate and be themselves and my legacy i just wanted to to have made a difference in people's lives that they were better through either my goodness or my mistakes Mm. allow them to be a better them and so when I leave here this earth I leave this earth and I close my eyes for the last time I made a positive impact on somebody's life Mm. and you are already doing that man so kudos to the amazing work that you're doing man and um, I just hope that you guys continue to grow and um, you know, skate aerobics is a household name. Got to get my shirt, you know, <laughs> and grow and just put it in the universe or whatever God in the universe has for us. Just ask it to be successful and grow and to change lives. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Man, uh, Tanya, it was an absolute pleasure talking to you. So many gems. Um, you know, listeners are gonna have to rewind a few times just to <laughs> just to get everything, man. Um, but. Can we get one more, man? Can you leave us with your favorite quote and what it means to you? My favorite quote? 
Yes, ma'am. In life, you will go through some things and never give up. Either find a way or make one. Hmm. Love that. Love that. Love that. All right. Oh, man. Uh, it was, again, absolute pleasure, man. Um, for those listening in that are interested in going to one of your classes, uh, can you give us location? Can you give us uh, you know, a little bit of scheduling where you're usually at and then um, where people can find you if they want to hit you up? Well, everything is skate aerobics, which is S-K-A-T-E-R-O-B-I-C-S. And that's Skate Aerobics Twitter, Skate Aerobics Instagram, Skate Aerobics Facebook, um, and our website, www.skateaerobics.com. You can find us on all of those platforms. We have classes in Queens. We were in Brooklyn. Um, that site hasn't opened up yet, 43 Clark Street. We were there, but we closed down during COVID. We're looking to revisit that site. We are in Queens, Queens Village. 215-10 Hempstead Avenue on Saturday mornings, 10 a.m., 12 p.m. Then we opened up another spot on Guyar Broad and Jamaica Avenue on Tuesday evenings where we do workshops and foundation series in roller skating. And then we have an online class that we have people from Australia, Ghana, Canada, uh, around the corner, um, we do online basic fundamentals on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. on Zoom. And if you go on the website, you can book a class right from the website. Mm-hmm. And I know, like, I- I'm asking this because I know it's super cheap. People are probably like, man, this is probably super expensive. She's been on Good Morning America, like, da da da. Like, what do you normally charge for a class or an online class? Our online class are like 20 bucks. And for an hour, our workshops are $25 and um, our other in-person classes are $20. And that's because we we keep our customers and they come and come and come. So, you know, classes are expensive. We are a little low, but we do that for, you know, our longevity. We love our, our, we love what we do. We are creating uh, spaces for, we do private lessons. They have to call us for that. We do corporate events. So we balance the scale, but we also want people to continue coming and um, we give you what you're looking for. There it is. There it is, man. Again, Tanya, thank you so much for enlightening us on the power of the skate. Yes, man. Yes. All right, listeners. Um, you know, if you're in the New York area, definitely sign up, man. I went to the class. Everybody was having a good time, sweating up a storm, having fun. Um, a couple of people stumbled. Nobody fell. A couple of people stumbled. <laughs> you know? And we clap. If you fall, yeah. we clap. Motivation and inspiration is who we are. So, um, yeah, just come social connection, networking. You never know who's around you. Mm-hmm. And you continue to build and to bond. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. And if you're not in the New York area, get that online class going um, and you know, hit Tanya up. Uh, it, it looks like a ton of fun. I'm going to probably, when I get out of the fear mindset, do a beginner's class and <laughs> we'll see. We're going to drag him out. He was there Saturday. He had his <laughs> We're going to drag him out. He's going to take, I'm going to tell Kasim and be like, Kasim, what's up? Bring him out. Let's go. 
But seeing that, I'm not Kasim is like he's way he's super advanced. I'm not. <laughs> he's you like in a whole other league. Tell anybody, we don't, don't don't compare yourself to anybody but yourself. That's mm. another life lesson because you never measure up to somebody else because you're not them and you don't know what they did to get there. You don't know who they are to go where they're going. Only thing that you're comparing yourself to is where you're coming from. Oof. So that's what you're going to compare yourself to from where you're coming from, it not jams. to where you're going. Because if you're looking to where you're going. You're going to always be in a state of stress, depression, worry. But if you look from how far you came, Mm. you're going to be in hope and enlightenment and inspiration. So whenever you're on your way somewhere, don't look for where you're going because it could be daunting. Look from how far you came and then that's going to propel you even further. Man, man, you need to write another book, man. Just a book of gems like... (laughs) life lessons yeah yeah man amazing amazing thank you so much tanya uh listeners uh be a part of skate aerobics let's bring back the skating um yes 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 come on down come have fun with us come in the energy take some time off the world is busy afraid working and we grew up and stop playing so much stop having so much fun go shit out later (laughs) and i was like no i'm playing i'm playing i don't care Yes, ma'am. Yep, 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 yep. Have some fun, man. Enjoy life. And, um, you know, share the program, guys. Share what Skate Aerobics is doing uh, so we can make it a big movement. And, you know, people will know uh, that, you know, skating is still here and it's coming back, especially, you know, with with Black folks, man. Mental health, mental health release, stress release. (laughs) Yeah, and let me say, I always tell my team this, too, because I have a team that's amazing. I love my team because they was here for me. They know they, they for the vision. And I say, I'm like an eagle. I'm the head, but my team on my wings. Mm. They're the ones who help me fly. Yes, so indeed. My team is Kasim. My team is Natalie. My team is Penny. My team is Captain Chris. My team is Terrence. My team is Mike. My team is, is the miracle. My team is Trey. Um, I hope I didn't forget anybody on my team. Um, <laughs> Simeon, you understand? Like I said, Natalie. I, I don't, that's that's those are my wings. Got it, got it. They help me Takes- fly in my street team. So it's not it's not about me. It's about the company, the vision, the brand, and the people that are behind the scenes making it work. Takes a village, man. It takes a village. Uh, shout out and to Kasim. Favorites. It takes a village to raise one child. Yes. And that child is your vision and your dream. And it's going to take a whole lot of people to help you raise it. Mm, powerful, powerful. Man, uh, shout out to Kasim for hooking us up and uh, Kasim Financial Advisor. Check out his previous interview. Dope. Get that money together. <laughs> Kasim uh, going to help you with the money because he don't want you to spend a dime. I'll be like, get a pencil now. What do you need? You don't need a pencil. You know, so I got to buy stuff and be like, I bought it. Don't say uh, nothing. I bought another computer. No, you'll need this. No, okay, that's all right. No, yeah. You need somebody that be watching your money because you know the value. That's one thing about business. They don't teach you. You lose a lot of money building a business because you don't mm. know what the hell you're doing. And when you got a Kasim, when you got Kasim, <laughs> hook that up. Kasim, get with Kasim. Yes, yes. Yeah, but shout out to Kasim for hooking us up, man, and linking me with Tanya. So good looking, Kasim. Um, And uh, listeners, remember, your mind is the most powerful tool in the universe. Therefore, 
If you can think it, you can do it. If you believe in it, you can be it. And if you fight for it, you can have it. The world is yours. This has been your host, Mr. G, and I will see you next time on Mastermind. You're amazing. Hurry up and get your butt in that class. That's all I want. <laughs>